Welcome to Prompt Help Podcast. Here at Prompt Help, we're touching on all of the trends and topics relevant today in health and wellness. Each and every week, we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, and allied health and wellness so they may share their wisdom with you. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them as one size does not fit all. Make sure you check out PromptHealth.ca to see how we personally are combating some of the inefficiencies within the healthcare system. Without further ado, I'm Heidi and this journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Prompt Health Podcast. We're going to talk about exercise today. Movement is a big part of our life and has been especially a huge topic with the gym closures during COVID and a lot of us picking up different routine and home exercises. We like to pick different niche areas for the purpose of our podcast series and talk to different health and wellness professionals every week who offer a unique service that not everybody might necessarily know about. As for the agenda today, we're going to talk about exercise and pregnancy and review some guidelines that may or may not apply before and after pregnancy. We had the pleasure of connecting with Jess Sennett, a prenatal and postnatal fitness expert, as well as a fit for birth coach. She lives in Toronto, Ontario with her husband and two boys and is passionate about helping women feel strong and confident no matter where they are in their prenatal or postpartum journey. She's the CEO of Mighty Mom and has group coaching programs for both prenatal and postnatal women. Now, without further ado, let's get started with Jess. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Of course. I'm super excited. Awesome. Yeah, so I just wanted to introduce Jessica uh, Sanet. Uh, she is a fitness trainer and creator of Mighty Mom. Uh, we are excited to have you here as exercise these days is a huge topic for all of us. Um, so I just wanted to start by learning more about you. Why don't you start by telling us your story, how you came to doing what you're doing, and we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's a big story. I'm going to try to make it as <laughs> condensed and summarize it as much as possible. Um, I haven't always been in, uh, interested in, I wasn't always a trainer. Um, I actually kind of went to school for theater arts, went to New York, uh, but I've always been kind of like a gym rat interested in you know, working out and all of that stuff. And people kind of thought I was a trainer anyways. And when um, it was a real grind on me, I got into live theater and, you know, I got into children's theater and I just wanted something more. Uh, So I finally, you know, took the plunge and got certified and I wasn't sure at the time. And it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my whole entire life. Because I remember one of my first clients I helped him, you know, reduce his dependence on insulin and lose some weight and totally change his life. And I was like, this is amazing to be part of this, to help someone, you know, have a a positive effect on someone's life like that is just so amazing. And that even to this day, like years and years and years later, that never changes. So I kind of went full steam ahead. And uh, I, you know, got lots of, I was living in New York at the time. I'm Canadian. I live in Toronto now. Um, Mm -hmm. But I kind of 
gained momentum. I got some clients, they referrals, and all of a sudden I was doing very well. Uh, and how I got into the prenatal postpartum world is that I was thinking about starting my own family and I was living in a neighborhood in Queens uh, that there was a lot of new families. Like it felt like every second lady that was walking down the street was pregnant. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have to, you know, be qualified to serve the people where I'm, you know, living. So I took a certification and I, as I got pregnant with my first son, who's now um, five, oh my God, he's five years old. He's so mm -hmm. old. Um, I realized that in my specific neighborhood, there was a lot of prenatal yoga, prenatal Pilates, um, a lot of lower intensity workouts for moms and, and women who are pregnant. Not to say that that's not a good thing. I love prenatal yoga and I think Pilates is great. I'm not knocking those things, but I am a lifter. I like to lift heavy things and put them down. I like to work out at a very high intensity. And there wasn't a lot of that available um, that was safe for mm -hmm. prenatal and postpartum populations. So that's, I just kind of kind of dove head first into that. And those were the people that were coming out and seeking me out anyway. So I just kind of, I guess, what do you, you call it steered into the curve, you know, that was coming mm -hmm. my way. And mm -hmm. I just have been going ever since we moved back to Toronto about four years ago. And I've been I rebranded everything I used to be workout with Jess. Now I'm mighty mom. And I help women, um, no matter where they are in the prenatal or postpartum space, feel strong and confident through exercise. Um, and I'm a firm believer you don't have to give up the high intensity exercise you love just because you get pregnant, just because um, you're deal you're you know you've just had a baby. There are certain steps you have to take, and I help my clients um, you know build strength and get back to all the stuff that they love and feel comfortable in their own skin without sacrificing really anything, but learning the steps uh, safely how to do it. Did that how was that? Did I do it? <laughs> that that was great. Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, that, I glossed over sometimes, but that's the main the main point of it. And I'm just okay. keeping going today. And I, I love what I do. I honestly love it. That's amazing. And you know, this is great, because we we love uh, talking to uh, different people such as yourself, uh, with unique uh, specialties, because we feel like this is an area in health where a lot of people don't necessarily know about. Um, especially when it comes to certain needs, like if, if someone is pregnant or prenatal or postnatal, they might not necessarily know that there are people with special certifications that can help them uh, exercise safely, or there might be, you know, other people with different other specialties, let's say massage or whatever that might be that, that would be suitable for that population. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to educate people through this channel about all these different things that exist out there that can help us um, do some of the things um, that we love doing uh, safely. Uh, so this is wonderful. So why don't we start by learning from you more about um, since your specialty is in prenatal and postnatal um, exercise, maybe you can tell us about, um, you know, if there are any contraindications, um, people might be wondering, uh, just one thing you just said, um, what are my limitations um, before and after uh, pregnancy? Are there any limitations? Is there a certain heart rate I should be exercising at? Is there a certain position I should be avoiding? Um, all of those things. Okay, that's a big, big, big topic. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do the best that I can. Um, I'm going to start with 
prenatal because a lot of the stuff that I, I teach a prenatal group coaching program and a lot of the groundwork and the foundation that I teach in my prenatal program is the same groundwork and the same foundational like ideas that you will carry from you know the post the prenatal work into postpartum um and i'm gonna talk uh, i'm just gonna mention um foundations that i think are the most important when dealing with prenatal exercise um and you have to remember that the field of women's health in general and prenatal movement and prenatal exercise has changed and is still changing um, the research is generally very new, like 40 to 50 years ago, the standard was sit down, sit down, take it easy, eat for two, don't move anything, don't hurt the baby, don't hurt yourself. Like we're coming off of all of these very old, outdated um, ideas, because we just didn't know any better. And now there's clinical research, there's scientific proof that exercise does not cause complications, it doesn't cause miscarriage, it doesn't cur- cause early term birth. All of the stuff we previously were very, very um, nervous about, we now know that exercise for so many reasons is so, so, so beneficial in pregnancy, not only to, um, not only to the mother, but also to the baby as well. I mean, it's the laundry list of things like it's like 30 things. It's reducing risk of complication. It's, um, reducing the risk of surgical intervention, it's stopping aches and pains, it's increasing energy, sleeping better, uh, less swelling, you know, um, easier recovery after labor, quicker labor, easier labor, higher pain manage, higher pain tolerance, like all of these different things, right? So it makes sense. Why wouldn't you do something to increase your risk of all of these things? So now that we know that exercise is safe, here are my kind of like, I'll start with my like three foundations that I teach in my programming Um, that kind of help, you know, people understand what's safe and what's not. My first thing is core breathing or core strength. And that really boils down to, can you access the muscles of your deep core um, to support the movement of your body as your baby grows? And I'm talking about, I I could talk hours and I have a seminar just on core, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to breeze through it. I'm talking about the diaphragm, the transversus abdominis, the pelvic floor, paying attention to these muscles, learning how to access them so that they can provide the pressure, sorry, they can provide support by um, managing the pressure within the core system. That's how our body functions or stands, you know, that's how we walk around. There's a pressurized system in our abdominals. So we need to access these muscles and engage them and relax them so that we can support a core system that's going to get compromised as the baby grows. Like if for those of you who are listening and have been pregnant, when you were at eight, nine months pregnant, your belly button was like a foot away from your body, right? So already that core system is compromised. So learning how to access those muscles as you not only work out and exercise and lift heavy things, but you know, lift your groceries into the car, your car seat up or whatever, whatever you're doing in your life, learning how to manage the pressure is going to, um, it's going to reduce the risk of core dysfunction in postpartum and and will also help you in labor delivery. You're going to use your core to push your baby out, period, if you're planning a vaginal birth. So that's number one. That's I hate that I've taken such little time to talk about it, but that's number one. You work with a professional to access those muscles and learn how to strengthen and relax them. Okay. Number two is your exercise ability pre-pregnancy is... um, directly related to the level of intensity you will work in during your pregnancy. So 
someone who's an Olympic lifter or can like squat 200 pounds is going to be doing different things during their pregnancy in terms of exercise than someone who has say never done anything or is a beginner. Now that doesn't mean that if you are a beginner, you cannot start. It's a perfect time to start a exercise program. You just have to start where you're at in terms of the level of ability and you can build from there. People ask me this all the time. You can 100% build strength and endurance during pregnancy. It is not just downhill once you get pregnant. I, I promise you that. I mean, you can, the rule is kind of, you can maintain what you have. There is no rule for heart rate anymore. That went out the window about 10, 15 years ago, depending on which country you're living in. Um, it used to be 140 beats per minute. That means something different to everybody. So now we use, or I use kind of the rate of perceived exertion. So you never, you, and that will be different for everybody. Like I said, for someone like myself who exercises every day at a very high intensity, I was able to stay at a higher intensity. And there's nothing unsafe about getting your heart rate up in pregnancy. That's what's going to happen in labor and delivery. Like that's exactly what happens. So it would make mm -hmm. sense that you would prepare your body and maintain that level as you go in for that big day. Average labor, 12 to 24 hours. It is an athletic event. You have to train. That's true. <laughs> you know, it, and we're just <laughs> ignoring this, right? So we're like, oh, don't do anything and just expect your body to be able to you know, get through it on the day. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Obviously we can't, you know, um, recreate conditions of labor. There's nothing like it. I've been through two, I have two kids of my own, uh, but we want to kind of do things that will serve us. Right. So that's my number. That's my thing about, num um, you know, exercise intensity. And then number three is my rule is listen to your body and that's how to modify. So now that we know, you know, how to kind of engage your core properly. There are certain signs and symptoms that you can notice as you're working out that are telltale signs that there is some mismanagement of pressure and it's time to modify. So pain, um, pressure on the pelvic floor, pressure in the back, leaking, incontinence, pain anywhere, knee pain, back pain. Those are signs that there's something off and that you just need to modify and do something different. And if it's in terms of pressure, maybe, you know, if you're doing push-ups on the ground, maybe it's time to elevate and reduce the angle and do, you know, up on a bench. Or if you're eight, nine months pregnant, maybe even on a bench is too much for you. You got to go to the wall or like a dresser or something. Um, and I just want to put in there that um, everyone thinks that lying on your back in a supine position is very, very dangerous. That is a, it used to be a blanketed contraindication for prenatal exercise. It was just like, if you're second trimester, don't lie on your back. Here's why. When the baby reaches a certain um, a certain weight, um, in your in a supine position, it can the baby can put pressure on the superior vena cava, which brings blood and oxygen back to the heart and lungs. It can make you feel nauseous and dizzy and lightheaded. It's not a nice thing to feel, and I promise you, it is not permanent. You are not causing damage to your brain. You're not causing damage to your baby. It is a temporary side effect. All you need to do is roll to your side and adjust positions. Um, if it were really unsafe, then, you know, you know, you would, we, we all sleeping in these machines that made you not sleep on your back. Like a lot of us sleep on our back and are totally fine. A lot. I lay on my back throughout my entire pregnancy. There are some women that are very uncomfortable on their back. It is listening to your body and knowing what is right for you. I have supine exercises in my programming all the way up. I also have modifications for those women that need it if they feel lightheaded and it's very specific. But I'm telling you this, if you engage your core properly while you're doing your exercises, you're moving that baby around anyway. So there's a very 
uh, low chance that that baby's going to settle anywhere in, in your abdominal cavity. So those are my three kind of things for um, prenatal. Mm -hmm. Does that all make sense? I know mm -hmm. I like breezed, I, I like breezed through it, but these are the kind of, you know, pillars that I kind of adhere to when I'm speaking about prenatal fitness. And so, sorry, go ahead. Is there any, do you have any questions? No, that, that was, you know, that was very uh, informational and um, it, it, it's great hearing all the updates. So you, you probably don't know this, but my uh, undergrad was in exercise physiology. And I remember we talked about um, the fit principle, the frequency, intensity, time yep. type. So you answered um, the intensity and the type, and you touched up on all the uh, the updates that the heart rate doesn't matter. I didn't know that. Uh, the type of exercise, what you know, what we can do, what we can do. So that's really great. Um, what about uh, frequency and time? Like how much is recommended every day? Like how long? Um, can you touch up on of that? Of course. So the, um, I'm living in Toronto, Canada, and they just updated the guidelines here. And I think it's very similar in the States as well. Um, I'm not, I'm sure, I don't know every single country at this point, but I do know Canada mm -hmm. really well. Um, 2019, they updated the recommendations for prenatal exercise to be 150 minutes of moderate exercise. And I, and I, I really, really stress and emphasize moderate because it used to be light. And now we're at moderate, just signifying that we're okay to push ourselves a little bit. It's totally cool. I just wanted to highlight that. <laughs> 50, 150 minutes uh -huh. per week on at least three um, different days. Not like, you know, so you don't want to do 150 minutes all on the same day, at least three times a week. That is the recommendation. Um, but honestly, if you would like to do more, <laughs> uh, you can. Um, it's all on how you feel. You don't want to totally exhaust yourself. Um, there's no, that is the, I guess, minimum guidelines, but on the maximum, you want to obviously give your body enough rest, um, and, and do all the things that you need to do. But those are the recommendations. And when I'm doing my, my prenatal coaching program, we have one live class and two extra workouts. So we really try to hit that. We really try to hit that three times a week, um, kind of frequency and the tw 2019, the 2019 guidelines also what some of the first times that they're mentioning that resistance training is important. Um, it didn't really specify resistance training at any point. It, uh, it touches on pelvic floor exercises, which has never kind of been mm -hmm. in there, which is really, really great. Um, everyone who's pregnant should see a pelvic floor physio. Um, I'm just putting it out mm -hmm. there. Your pelvic floor is a part of your core. And if you don't know how that's functioning, um, it's really, it's, it's going to, um, it's going to hold you back in terms of how you can really support yourself in your in your exercises. I hands down recommend that for prenatal and postpartum as well. It should be a standard of care. I and mean, it is in a lot of countries mm -hmm. around the world. It's you know it's gaining momentum in Canada and the U the U.S. But um, I really wish that it, it was. That's another topic for another day. Uh, so there's where we're, mm -hmm. we're fre where frequency and in intensity is is kind of concerned. And it really is. Um, my goal for all my prenatal clients is to feel good. You know, you know, you got to, you got to consider your end goal, right? We're not, you know, you're not going to go for your PR. You're not going to get flat abs. You're not, you know, this is not our training goal for this season, right? It's to feel good in our bodies. It's to prepare yourself for labor and delivery and have an easier postpartum recovery. So if you don't feel good while you're exercising, there is no 
point. So adjust as necessary and your body will deload you as your pregnancy progresses. Hope that makes sense. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And then as far as intensity goes, do you talk to your client mostly about rate of perceived exertion, um, scale of one to 10, or uh, do you talk about heart rate, percentage of heart rate? Like, do you talk about like talk tests? Like what, what are the strategies that you use? Um, So I use perceived rate of exertion. I use the talk test. Um, Generally, you know, if one is sleeping and sitting and not doing and resting and 10 is like an all out sprint, all out effort, most women, when they're doing their labor training or they're doing their in- intervals, not will not get above a seven and a seven or an eight. And that's on the high end. That's someone who's very physically fit. Um, and I always say, if you cannot hold a conversation, if you're so out of breath, you can't talk, it's time to take it down a notch. And there's nothing wrong with getting to that point and bringing yourself down. It, nothing's going to happen. There is no risk there. But you just you want to not totally exhaust yourself, right? You don't want to have to take a nap Mm -hmm. after the workout. Like that's, you know, like those are, those are signs that, you know, you probably went too hard. And that has happened with some of my clients. Like we were working out for an hour, we were doing private sessions and she found that she was not, she did not have energy. So we shortened, we shortened her, we we lowered the intensity, we shortened the session and then she was fine. So, you know, there's things that you have to adjust you know, your body's different every day when you're pregnant. There's so much going on that you really have to adjust every day as necessary. But I use the talk test and I use um, perceived rate of exertion. Um, I don't um, use heart rate monitors. I don't use anything like that because everything is, is just so different. Um, and even if your heart rate gets sure. up, you may be feeling fine. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. So- all great points. What about, uh, let's touch up on postnatal mm-hmm. now. Um, are there different guidelines? Is it the same guidelines? Uh, what do you want to, you know, talk to us about that? Okay, so postpartum, like I said, a lot of the groundwork that I talk about it for prenatal, accessing your core, rebuilding, strengthening, that's all good stuff for postpartum. It's actually the first thing that I would deal with any postpartum client, right? Um, Everyone's core Mm -hmm. system, if they've given birth, no matter if it was cesarean birth or vaginal birth, um, it's traumatic, like for the system, not traumatic mentally, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping not. But, you know, those muscles have been compromised. You've been pregnant, they've been stretched, the abdominal wall's been stretched, there's stuff that's going on. So being able to reconnect to those muscles immediately after giving birth is the number one thing that I do. And it's the thing that you can do immediately. You do not have to wait six weeks. Um, You can start your core breathing. You can start accessing pelvic floor. You can start doing all that stuff in the hospital, even if you want. And if you've been doing it all the way up through your pregnancy, it will be that much easier um, to kind of access those muscles. Once you're cleared for exercise from a doctor, and I highly recommend from a pelvic physio, because if you're dealing with any sort of mm-hmm. core dysfunction, that's going to make it that much harder um, to kind of do the things you want it to do in the gym and also in your life, right? If you're peeing every time you laugh, like that's not, people think that that's like a normal thing to happen after pregnancy mm-hmm. and having a baby. Um, it's really common. It's not normal at all. You can get help with that. And that's a core, it can be a core issue. And you can get, you can, you know, see a specialist like me or a pelvic physio to kind of help you with that. So mm-hmm. the core retraining, mm-hmm. um, retraining first, then strengthening second is the number one thing that I, that I do. Um, and then when you're, 
when you're um, okay to exercise from your doctor and your pelvic physio, starting, you know, from the beginning, a postpartum body is a beginner body. Even for those of us who are at a higher intensity fitness level, even me, when I had, I have two babies, uh, my youngest is 16 months and I did my first workout at seven weeks. And I think I did like 10 minutes and I'm someone who can deadlift. We used to deadlift 150, 175 pounds. I think I did like 10 minutes of body weight lunges and squats and I couldn't walk for a week. Like it truly was, Uh it truly is a beginning place and it's very humbling, can be very frustrating, but that's where you're starting with consistency Uh and, you know, you know, progressive overload over time, you will get there. You want to kind of build up your core body weight exercises and that then add load and more difficult exercises when you're ready. I always would suggest if you're dealing with, you know, if you have questions about what to do and what's safe and what's too much pressure and, you know, all of these things, if you're dealing with some sort of dysfunction, work with a, you know, a postpartum fitness specialist that can help you figure out which exercises are right for you to progress to. Um, And then the sky's the limit. Um, And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it took nine months to get there. I feel like I was, you know, back to a strength level and ability and endurance level, I would say nine, 10 months um, post-pregnancy, post-birth, which is very frustrating for a lot of my clients to hear. They want things to happen overnight. We all do. But um, if you do it the right way, you'll have lasting results and you'll be even stronger than before. 100%. Yeah. So um, Jess, we are going through um, a difficult time right now where some of the gyms are closed and access is more limited. What are some of the things you're working on with your clients right now? But in terms of, I mean, there are all kinds of exercises we can do, body weight and uh, walking outside and, you know, jogging, all that kind of stuff. Is there any specific ideas or things uh, you want to leave people with or any special uh, tips or takeaway, especially uh, during a time like this? Yeah. So the pandemic has been, no matter where you are, has been extremely, extremely hard on mothers, just like in general. And it was hard on, you know, new moms as it was, um, not sleeping, not eating well, not being able to make time for yourself. And that was with when I was in um, Toronto and the schools closed and my kids were home and I got, there was no time for anything. There was no time for workouts. There was no time for work. There was just, it just, it was just a very difficult time for for everybody. So putting yourself, um, making yourself a priority, your health and fitness is a priority. Kind of, I found with a lot of my clients just kind of fell to the wayside because there were so many other things to do. Um, And so it's been, I want to acknowledge that it's been very, very hard. Um, That being said, being able to kind of address the mental, the physical aspects of what's been, what's really hard about it is one of the best things you can do. And I'm not saying, you know, carve out two hours a day for your workout, but making time for yourself and space for yourself will not only help you, but it will help you function better and be a, you know, a better parent, a better mother. So it doesn't have to be an hour. Um, a lot of my clients have the mindset that if I can't set aside an hour, I'm just not going to do anything, right? So my first tip would be, even if it's 10 minutes while the kids are napping, a little bit of movement, some body weight movement, um, a 20-minute, you know, whatever, with some weights or um, some bands, even some movement will increase your, you know, increase your energy and reduce your stress that much more. Um, and something, it's something, it's, 
can be something really consistent. So I would say it doesn't have to be perfect. It can just be little things throughout mm -hmm. the week. Um, and eventually over time, you can get to this consistent place. And don't be afraid to like put your foot down and carve out time for yourself. Ask your spouse, partner, family, you know, if you have to give a little bit of extra screen time to the kids to get your 20 minutes in, it's time that's super important for you. It's a non-negotiable in my house for me. Um, and I'm very lucky I have some mm -hmm. childcare now, but when we didn't, I was like, okay, when my second son goes down, I get my 45 minutes. This is a non-negotiable. Um, so standing up mm -hmm. for yourself as mothers, I think is super important. Um, sometimes it doesn't work, not every day, but you know, I think it's also super important and doing what you can. Um, and actually, and, and getting yourself organized. I think a lot of us just scroll Instagram, scroll YouTube for something to do. If you enroll in a program that, you know, that gives you workouts that's made for your body, that's where you are, you know, postpartum um, is also super helpful. And then you don't have to waste your time figuring out what to do, when to do it, right? Exactly. Speaking of that, you offer some virtual classes. I, I saw. Um, can you tell uh, Can you tell us where people can find you? Of course. What a great segue. Um, so, for those <laughs> of you who are pregnant, who are listening, or thinking about an, or thinking about starting a family, I run a prenatal group coaching program. I call it Mighty Mom to Be, um, and I'm also launching a brand new postpartum home workout program, specifically written. Um, since we've all been in pandemic to address the needs that all of my clients were having um, during COVID, not having the time, not having the motivation, not having the equipment, um, not having, I pulled all of a bunch of my Instagram followers and figured out what you guys needed to be successful. So I created this program. It's called new mom to mighty strong. It's an eight week program starting in January. The wait list is uh, already open. If you join the waitlist, you can get a big chunk of money off when registration opens in January. And it's exactly what I said. It's, you know, a community that to support you. And it's workouts specifically designed for postpartum people. And with all the modifications and the information that you need to be successful, whether you're six months postpartum, six weeks, six years, 36 years, anything like that. Um, and you can find it at mightymom.ca. Or you can find, uh, you can just click the link in my bio on Instagram, which is um, Mighty Mom Jess, I think. And I also offer private online training as well. I have an online training membership. Those spots are all full at the moment. I will be opening them up probably in 2021 sometime. We'll see how that goes. Um, but those are my, I have two group programs and uh, private. Those are where you can find me. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Jess, this was super informational. Um, we learned a lot. I learned a lot. I needed to update some of my uh, knowledge there. Uh, so this was great. Thank you for joining us. You're so us. welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And if anyone has any questions about any of this stuff, I answer DMs. I want people to know about this. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Have an Okay. Awesome thank you day. so much. Bye. You've been listening to the Prompt Help Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, and check us out on our website, prompthelp.ca. Subscribe for free to keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen from. Ratings and reviews would mean the absolute world to us, 
and tell your friends prompt help is the next big thing. Find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time, 